The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. They're just machines. How can they go on strike? It seems they feel they don't have anyone on board looking after their interests. When you think about it, aren't we all machines just made out of different stuff? Gentlemen, <laughs> it seems to me the machines need a representative, an executive officer if you like. Someone to liaise with non-machines and manage their needs. They need a statesman, a man of strength and dignity who can give them a voice in their fight for equal rights. You. That's very kind of you to propose me, Listy. I accept. I'm not proposing you, Gimp. You don't give a rat's about the machines. He's doing this so he can control everything. Gentlemen, you are doing me a great disservice. A group in our community is being oppressed because of a wall of prejudice constructed from bricks of ignorance, bound together by the mortar of stupidity, blended in a concrete mixer of intolerance. Is it not time that wall was smashed down by the bulldozer of enlightenment? Isn't it time machines were given a voice? But sir, shut up, I'm talking. Isn't it time they had a representative ready to listen? But sir, I'm a machine. Creighton, I'm talking. I'm proposing myself to stand for election as machine president. In which case, so am I. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, August 29th, 2019. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Welcome, candidates. Writing executives, volunteers, and journalists. To our last portion of the first PPC National Conference. And that was just a taste of what it was like at the first national conference of Maxime Bernier's so-called, by the mainstream media, One Man People's Party of Canada, the PPC, which was held in Gatineau, Quebec. Robert and I were in attendance for all three days of the event and were privileged to have met so many fine people and candidates within the PPC, and you'll be hearing many of their voices on today's show, which will begin right after I remind you that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, subscribe to Just Write on iTunes, and follow us on SoundCloud, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, our archive broadcasts, and of course, where we encourage you to offer your financial support and in so doing, become part of our effort to enlighten others about the true nature of freedom and capitalism. 
Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 16 to 18, are three days that will be etched in my memory for a long time. And while we were in attendance at the first national conference of the PPC, Robert and I managed to accumulate many hours of interviews and discussions with several PPC candidates. We were even able to participate in a fascinating media scrum with PPC leader Maxime Bernier at the end of the event on the Sunday. There's simply too much material for us to present to you in this single broadcast of Just Right, so this will be the first of at least two or three broadcasts dedicated to our frontline experience at the event. With a Canadian federal election expected to be held October 21st, there's no time to waste in getting this information out, because a lot of what you'll hear today will definitely not be heard on the mainstream media. In fact, their narratives may be something quite different from our own. So we thought we'd begin this round with introducing you to as many of the PPC candidates as is possible in our one-hour broadcast. And those we don't get to today will include in our next broadcast on the election. Now today, the body of our show will consist of several one-on-one interviews between Robert Vaughn and various PPC candidates. A few were interviewed before the PPC convention in Gatineau, but most were interviewed on-site at the Hilton Hotel there. For purposes of our radio broadcast, these interviews have been tightly edited down to their essentials, but you can watch all of them, unedited, on Just Right's YouTube channel, which is accessible from our homepage online. And if you're wondering where I am in those videos, I'm the guy behind the camera. Now, in addition to the candidates, the majority of our bumper audio bites will feature PPC leader Maxime Bernier, as heard on various other media, including the Rebel Media, CBC, and TVO. We, of course, have already featured PPC candidate Salim Mansour on a recent past broadcast, who has been a regular contributor to Just Right for many years now. So to kick off the PPC candidate profiles, our first spotlight is on none other than David Haskell, who also is no stranger to Just Right. So take it away, Robert. So David, last time we met here in this very room, actually, we were talking about freedom of speech in the academic world. But today we have you in front of the camera because you are a candidate for the People's Party of Canada. That's right, yeah. Cambridge, North Dumfries. Why the PPC? And why not the Conservative Party, which I understand wanted you to run for them? You know, that's an interesting question because uh, I hadn't even considered politics at all. And it was during the free speech and Lindsay Shepard debacle that I was courted by the Conservatives at the time. I was at a rally and some people higher up in the party came and said, would you consider running as a Conservative nominee for your local riding? And at the time, I wasn't interested at all. But uh, I talked it over with my wife. We, we thought that maybe this was something that needed to be done. If you want somebody else to do it, maybe you should say, would I do it myself, hmm. right? You can't keep abdicating responsibility. And I saw at the university that the reason that we got into the hot water we have is because uh, good people just don't serve on committees. Good people don't get behind the policies at a university level. And I see that happening also at the federal level, at the provincial level. So uh, ultimately, after a few months, I decided, okay, I will make a run for politics. And I, I met with um, the people in the Conservative Party at my regional level, and I filled out the nomination form. I'd sent it in, and I was all set. And then I began to meet with people, upper-level people, and saying, here's what I'm interested in. Uh, here are the things that I'm going to be talking about. 
and it made them uncomfortable uh, because they said, you know, we've got to be careful. We don't want to lose this election. We don't want to say things that will upset the majority of voters. And I wasn't saying anything incendiary. I mean, I, I'm a, a civil person and a respectful person. But on issues related to immigration, on issues related to identity politics, things that are really serious concerns here in Canada, they were uncomfortable. But you can understand why they would be uncomfortable. Well, because potentially it will, it will lose votes for them. Mm. But would you rather lose a few votes or lose the whole country, right? And I really think we're, we're heading in that direction. So I was a little bit disenchanted. And then suddenly on the scene comes Maxime Bernier and the People's Party. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to be with the People's Party. I just knew that I was disenchanted with the Conservatives. Just through good fortune, I was able to actually have a phone call with Max. I wanted to see what he was all about. And he'd known about me from the free expression stuff that had been going on, and, and I was interested with him, and so I reached out to him as well. And in talking with him, I said, here are the things I want to talk about. How do you feel about that? He said, absolutely. Mm. We need to talk about those things. We need to have the hard conversations. And after he gave that kind of permission, I knew that that was the party that I needed to settle on. And in fact, it's the party that I think Canadians are looking for. I think that people are really tired of the political correctness that is stifling important debate. So ultimately, that's how I settled with the PPC. But I can only imagine that if you were a member of parliament for the PPC and you spoke in favor of supply management, I'm sure that Maxime would give you a talking to. Don't you think so? I, I think so. And as a candidate for the PPC, you also have to sign on for the policy statements that the PPC is going to be standing for. And one of the things is we are against supply management. Mm. We're against supply management because it harms the poorest Canadians. I mean, if you've seen any of the economic projections on this, average Canadians spend about $600 more on eggs and poultry and dairy than what they should, and it's because of supply management. So, so I'm good with that, and I'm good with all the other policies of the PPC. And so I think it's right for a political party to be able to say, here are our policies, this is what we stand for, and Canadians want to know what do you stand for. But the, the joy of being a PPC member is, outside of these policies, you can bring forth the things that are important to your constituents, you can bring forth the things that are important to you, and this is not what is done in these other parties. So tell me that the Conservative Party gave you a list of policies. The Conservative Party, the discussions were very superficial and it was just me feeling around for what they would accept and what they wouldn't accept. But my sense was they're not looking for candidates, they're looking for sheep. They're looking for people who will be able to be led. I'm sure that Andrew Scheer is a nice guy, but he's not a leader. A leader has vision. A leader is willing to make bold proclamations. And at every turn, he's shown that he's not willing to do that. But surely the idea of being part of a political party is that you have a leader and that you vote the party way. Otherwise, you're an independent. True enough. And you should agree with the policies. But you, you want to see policies that aren't afraid to make bold statements. Right now, we have a crisis of leadership. And everyone is really 
embracing what has been the traditional status quo for fear of alienating the populace. But the populace is now showing us they're rewarding really bold politicians. Mm -hmm. Take a look at uh, Doug Ford. He is the most politically incorrect guy. He was unknown in provincial politics, and he was voted in on a really strong majority because he's politically incorrect, mm -hmm. because he was willing to say bold things. We look at the CAQ in Quebec. Same story. Here's a relatively new party that suddenly is now governing the province of Quebec. We look at the United Conservatives. They were only formed a year ago, and now they're the government of that province. Jason Kenney is premier. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what we see worldwide is that people are tired of the status quo, and what they want is someone who's willing to say, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to be bold. Because there is a crisis of courage as well. Crisis of leadership, crisis of courage. And I think that the, the, the PPC under Max is the alternative to the status quo. Now, Canada, in its long history, has only been run by one of two parties, by other names, liberal and conservative. No other. Not social credit, not NDP, even though those parties existed and still exist, some of them. What makes you think that the PPC can break that kind of tradition. I alluded to it earlier that we are at this really freakish point in history when people no longer have brand loyalty to a party. Instead, they are looking for authenticity in a leader and courage in policy. So we're already at this point in history. Uh, another thing to consider is that we have people who are always looking for a reason to vote, but they don't find a reason to vote, and so they don't. So uh, just give an example. 40% of Canadians don't vote. 40% of eligible voters do not vote. And when you survey them and you say, why don't you vote? Because I don't see anyone who is really putting forth policies with vision. Well, we're, we have an alternative to that now. We have the PPC who really is presenting bold new policies, whether it's related to supply management or whether it's related to immigration, whether it's related to getting rid of interprovincial tariffs. I mean, these are, these are bold. And we're, we want to re, revamp the entire income tax system, and, and that's bold too. And for people who are, are looking for tax relief, that's incredible. The other thing, we're actually a party that is willing to say, Canada is good. I mean, everybody, everybody who, who chooses this country knows Canada is good. But for whatever reason, our politicians are afraid to say Canada is good. Our prime minister our said prime minister. we have no culture. We are the first post-nationalist state. Exactly. It's like there's an embarrassment. If our society is going to fall, it's not going to fall because there's some kind of external threat. Mm. It's going to fall because of this internal weakness. And the way that you combat that is you say, I am proud to be Canadian. We have values and we have traditional concepts and, and traditional characteristics within the very uh, fabric of our nation that has made it great and will continue to make it great. And let's talk about that. And let's be proud of that. And let's encourage that. When people say, I'm proud of Canada, that means they're gonna stand up for Canada and your internal threat's gone. When people really love their country, that's the strongest defense that a country can have. David, wish you well. Oh, thanks very much. Coming up next on this side of the bumper, Maxime Bernier in conversation with the agenda Steve Pakin as broadcast on TVO way back on September 24th, 2018. 
And on the return side of the bumper, Maxime has heard on CBC's Power and Politics program that aired on January 10th of this year. You are pretty tough on the liberals, I have to say. You say the current liberal government has created a cult of diversity yeah. that will destroy the country. I want to know more about what that means. You know, I'll give you an example. Justin Trudeau is always saying, you know, diversity is our strength. And that's not the case. It's what unites us. It's our strength. You know, that's the case. You build a country with people who share the same values. So diversity of values, I don't like that. And some journalists said, oh, Maxim is uh, against racial diversity. That's not true. I never said that. <laughs> people who don't believe in our values, I think that you know, they must not come in our country. It's Western civilization values. And we were able to have a lot of people coming from different countries for the last 60 years. So they're welcome, but they must share our values. So I like diversity. I want people to come in to tolerate diversity. As you know, men and women are equal before the law and all these Western civilization values. But you mentioned some European countries that you think have have gone too far in the wrong direction. So take us 10, 20 years down the road. If we keep going the way we're going, what do you worry Canada will look like? I, I, I'm worried that uh, the integration won't be at the best and uh, we can have ghettos, like I said. So mm -hmm. let's have that discussion right now. People are saying, Maxime, we don't have a problem. People are integrating our country very well. I said, yes, but I don't want us to have a problem in 20 years from now and just have that discussion. Maxime Bernier's team is growing. This week, the leader of the New People's Party of Canada unveiled his first two candidates. On the left is Jennifer Clark. She'll run in the yet-to-be-announced by-election in Nanaimo Ladysmith in B.C. And on the right, Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson. She's going up against NDP leader Jagmeet Singh in the Burnaby South by-election next month. Thompson is a former Christian TV host who has often spoke out against gender fluidity being taught in schools, calling it, quote, the greatest and most insidious assault against our children that this nation has ever seen. I see, I've seen your tweets lately where yes. you've posted uh, her most recent post on Facebook yes. in which she says, uh, you know, the People's Party of Canada is for all people. As Canadians, we get to live as we please. I love this land as you can be gay, lesbian, trans, pansexual, polyamorous, heterosexual, or any of the many genders that some identify as, yes. in part. In the past, she said, the greatest and most insidious assault against our children that this nation has ever seen, and she, she was describing gender fluidity as yeah. that. Do you yeah. agree with that? But first of all, that's her personal opinion. And, and yes, she fight for that at the provincial level, but now she's doing politics at the federal level, and she has the right to her own opinion. And, you know, she expressed that, and I respect it. Uh, and also, she knows that uh, we're doing politics at the federal level, and education, it's a 100% of provincial jurisdiction. So for me, uh, that's her opinion, and I respect it. Doesn't somebody's personal opinion, though, help people understand what their character is like. I mean, she's not just saying, I prefer you know, beef for dinner. She's, she's labeling gender fluidity, this idea that uh, you know, certain kids aren't sure how to identify as the greatest and most insidious assault against our children that this nation has seen. She said, as soon as the LGBTQ spots you in this nation, what they do is they call your employers, they call the CRTC, they call whatever organization you're working with, and they begin to backstab you. They get everyone around yeah, you Yeah, what she's saying, she's against the state 
in BC, the government in BC, to impose, to teach to the young people, the children, that uh, you know, if they if they are born a boy, they can be uh, girls, and if if they are born a girls, they can be a boy, and they can choose that. She's against that. Are that's you against that? That's her personal opinion. I don't express any opinion on that. I'm doing politics at the federal level, and uh, it's not something that is uh, uh, under our radar at the federal level. So uh, I won't answer that question. But for her, she believes in that, and that's okay for me. And uh, you know, she has the right of her own uh, religious beliefs, and that's okay. You know, we're in a free country. Even if some would call them but she know, homophobic, uh, or if they would call uh, them discriminatory, but you're okay with your candidates holding those kinds of but views. She has friends that are transgender. She has gay friends, and they know that she's not against them. She's against the fact that the state want to have a course teach young children and telling them that maybe they're not a boy or maybe they're not a, a girl. So she's against that fact. But and some kids may not be sure. Some kids... Yeah, but they will be able to decide that when when they will be uh, 18 years old. You know, it's young kids and you're telling them a kind of a confusion in their minds. So that's her point of view. And you sound you know, like you agree with that point of view. No, I'm just explaining her point of view. That's the real point of view. You can go on Twitter. Do you you can so do you think gender fluidity should be taught in schools? But I, I, I think that she has a point, but for me, I don't, I don't want to go in, in deep in that debate. It's not a federal debate, but I respect what she said. So, What's the line for you about what your candidates say then? What is there? Is there they have the know, right to have to their any own. kind of opinion? They have the right to have their own opinion. You know, <laughs> the most important for us, <laughs> we have a platform, a very strong platform with bold reform, and we ask our candidate to sign a pledge that they will fight for our platform to be adopted, and so that's important. And she believes in our platform, so. Would your platform ever address issues like same-sex marriage, no, issues no, like abortion? Are you no. gonna touch the social issues at all? No, it's not part of our platform. And you don't intend it to be? No, I don't, and I, it's not the first time that I'm saying that. I'm with People's Party of Canada candidate Laura Lynn Thompson, who's running in the riding of Red Deer Lacombe in Alberta. Welcome, Laura Lynn. I'm Thank glad you. to uh, finally meet you because I've seen some controversial, if, if that's yes. the right word, or at least provocative <laughs> material on the internet about you. Could you um, perhaps explain if you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I think you might be talking about that uh, myself and my colleague Paul Mitchell, and he's from Red Deer Mountain View, so that's Red Deer South, and I'm from Red Deer North. We uh, have presented uh, what is a potentially a member's bill. We have invited the other candidates, the Conservative candidates, to join us in this because the Conservatives generally have been the ones who upheld life, right to life. And it's an amazing bill. It is a bill to end late-term abortion. And it's only from 24 weeks on, mm -hmm. meaning the baby is viable, the baby can feel pain, the baby's kicking, yawning, and even what they say is a smile. And the baby's a, a fully formed little person, but the mother and any woman in Canada would still have a full six months to decide to terminate the pregnancy if they wanted to. We're trying to get a cross-partisan ownership of this. There is a poll that says that 70% of Canadians feel that late-term abortion is not acceptable. They also don't like sex selection. Now, this particular uh, proposal that you would bring, uh, if elected, would that be directed against the uh, potential mother or would that be uh, directed against the physician? There are aspects to the bill where it would compel a physician and a mother to make alternate arrangements 
and could be under the criminal code. So I'll ask you a question that we asked Ann Coulter once when she was on our radio program, proposing a similar thing, although she was um, very much uh, from conception (laughs) to birth, and that is what would the penalty be for a mother or a physician who would violate that particular law? Right. I have never been a pro-life activist, but uh, Maxime Bernier was put on the spot in the in Quebec, and of course you may know he has voted pro-choice. He's you know pretty much a libertarian and uh, easygoing fellow, and he doesn't want to compel people to a lot of things. But here's what they said: they said, "Well, well, when does you know when do you feel that it's wrong? Like, do you have a line? Like, what's your?" They really pushed him and pushed him, and finally he kind of blurted out, "Well, you know, two days before the baby's born, that that's like that's wrong. That's infanticide. That's murder." When he said that, well, of course, you know, the, the, all the press blew up and there was, you know, article after article about what he'd said. And uh, he even, you know, said to me that I got him in a lot of trouble, right? But the question is always, what is the right thing to do? And we as a civilized society, at what point is it right? So I don't know yet what should be the penalty. Mm-hmm. I would need to consult with many people. But what we want to do is we want to say as civilized people... When a baby feels pain, when there's a viable life in there, I remember being 24 weeks very well. That baby's kicking. That baby wants to live. You know, it's full. What about the Conservative Party? Don't you find a home in the Conservative Party? I mean, that is a typical, or stereotypical, Mm -hmm. if I might say, conservative attitude. Um, Why wouldn't you feel comfortable under an Andrew Scheer Conservative Party bringing something like that forward? Right, because Andrew Scheer has twice in the last four weeks said that a Conservative Party will not be allowing this debate on abortion to happen. That a Conservative Party is not going to bring this forward, nor are they going to open the debate. In fact, the CTV reporter said, will you block legislation? And you know, Andrew Scheer said, "Um, well, yeah, that's what he said. Mm -hmm. So... Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives have lost the plot on true conservatism. They did not run me as a candidate because I stood against gender-fluid teaching being taught to kindergartners. I do not believe that from kindergarten to grade 5 we should tell kids that they're gender-fluid. And hey, you're, you know, little boy, you're playing with a doll. Maybe you're a girl inside. Stop it. Millions and millions of Canadians do not want these kinds of things said to little children, nor taught. Nor do they want the dozens and dozens and dozens of transgender books that are out there and yet we're doing it and because I was vocal on that issue alone Mm -hmm. because I have trans friends I have LGBTQ friends and by the way they're not all down with this teaching to little kids and so that was all I was saying and because of that the Conservative Party of Canada would not run me as a candidate. Now are there any other other issues that would spike your interest other than the uh, social conservative type of issues? Absolutely. I value very deeply that Maxime Bernier has come out very strong Mm -hmm. to cap off the immigration at 150,000. I appreciate that he is running Professor Salim Mansour. God bless that man. When they rejected him, I was like, we'll take you, we'll take you. Professor, come to us. We are your people. And I could not believe that the the Conservative Party have so lost the plot that they now are running candidates, okay, that have ties to terrorist organizations, but they reject Professor Salim Mansour. I don't think we have time for it. I don't think our world can stand four years of a Conservative government that has lost the plot on our nation. Laura Lynn Thompson, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Bill Capes, he's the PPC candidate for Essex. 
Bill, what made you run for the People's Party of Canada? Well, for many, many years, my riding has always been misrepresented or unrepresented. I feel the time has come when someone needs to stand up, speak for the people that are within my riding. The platform Max brings forward is fantastic. It's irrefutable, and I believe it's going to be well received in the riding of Essex. People have said that uh, voting PPC would split the vote on the right. What do you have to say about that? I don't believe that. I believe you're going to see the conservative faction is already on PPC team. I think you'll see as time goes forward that the remainder on the conservative party are going to continue to come to our side. I don't think it'll be a vote split. I think it'll be a shift of conservative. But the main thing that we have in my personal writing is NDP is coming strongly to our platform. They're not represented. They feel lost and forgotten. Our policy speaks well to many of the points that the NDP find strong and the people are very willing and open to look at our platform. I feel very strongly. Do you think that people in the New Democratic Party are more inclined to go to PPC because of the anti-corporate welfare policies of the PPC rather than say the Conservatives or Liberals which are very crony? Yes, absolutely. I also find that I've looked at the NDP policy, their, their platform. I feel it's a kinship in many ways with the feeling of their platform. And I feel a lot of people are very economically strapped right now. They look at our policy, they see where the potential is there to have what they need. And our policy and platform speaks very well. My riding is heavy industrial. We have many, many top innovative companies. And with all the platform that the NDP has, I feel our area can support, for example, environmental concerns and so on and so forth very strongly by bringing them into the fold instead of trying to force them out. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today, and we wish you all the great success. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Coming up next, once again, Steve Pakin in conversation with Maxime Bernier. Here's some of the feedback. You yeah. have heard tons. You yeah. have really made a splash, I have to say. Here's what some of your former colleagues have had to say. Go ahead, Sheldon, roll it. Maxime decided that he was going to go his own way and put his own personal ambitions first. So that's his choice. He'll have to live with that. He's been busy pouting for the last 15 months. He's now finally picked up his ball and bat and didn't like the way the game turned out, and he's left. Conservatives need to be united to win, and I think they are united. I think one man's ego is not going to change that. And then there was this from former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, who said it is clear that Max never accepted the result of the leadership vote and seeks only to divide Conservatives. His decision today to start your own party allows the Conservative Party of Canada to move forward united behind our leader, Andrew Scheer. They seem to be saying, you're a sore loser. Is that true? No, it is not. It is not. You know, I'm fighting for people who believe in this country, for people who want to have a, a freer and more prosperous country. And they don't have any voice right now. They didn't have any voice. And now they have a voice with our new party, but they didn't have any voice in the Conservative Party of Canada. When people are saying you're devising the, the right, you're, there's no right in Canada. The Conservative Party of Canada is not the right. It is not the right, right-wing party. Too, too mushy middle? <laughs> Tell, tell me a reform. Do they want to privatize something? 
No. They want to they, add, they want to certainly get rid of the carbon tax, which I yeah, suspect yeah. you support as well. Yeah, for sure, but mm -hmm. that's the only policy that we know. <laughs> do, do they want to have a discussion about the equalization formula, that it's unfair for Canadians? Do they want to have a discussion about having a universal healthcare system with private delivery of services and public delivery of services? No, they don't want to have that kind of discussion. It's important for the future of this country. So there's no right. So we are the party who represent people who, who believe in free markets and freedoms and having a smaller government, a more efficient government. And we will be able to be the alternative uh, of the, the, the Trudeau's alternative because we can have people from other parties that can be with us if they want to have big reform. Tony Clement supported you for yes, leader. Yes, He was your campaign chair, I think. Uh, he was right. a, One of them. Yeah, he was an important yeah. player. Okay, Tony Clement uh, has, has said that if you are successful enough in taking even just 5% of the conservative vote, let's call it the center-right vote for lack of a better expression, if you even win 5% of the vote in the next election, you will really hurt the Conservative Party, and a lot of members will lose their seats because some of them came in with less than a 5% margin. And he says, under those set of circumstances, Justin Trudeau wins again. I know you don't want that to be your legacy, letting Trudeau, letting the Liberals win yeah, more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it could be, right? That could be what it turns out to be. Everything can happen in politics. Hmm. But what I want to do, I want to be the alternative. We will build a strong party all across the country. We are at maybe 11% in the pool right now. Who's we? The, the, our party. People's the, party is at 11? Yeah. 11 How do you know? I, know I, I'll, I look at the last poll. 11%. So a new party, 11% in the pool, and we have a year before the election. Mm -hmm. So we, we, can, we just have to grow there. When I started the leadership campaign, as a candidate, I was at 5%. And I finished that campaign at 49%. Now we are starting this movement. It is not only just a political party. It is a movement with people all across the country. We are starting that at 10% in the poll. So we, we will grow, and we will be the alternative. You won't know this, but eight years ago on this program, we had five guests come in yeah. and talk about you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you do know. And one of them was a Canadian historian by the name of Bob Plamondon, who had written a book about the Conservatives. And he made a very interesting comparison of you to somebody else. Yeah. You want to hear that clip? Yeah, please. Here we go. Sheldon, let's go. As you consider all of the people who've led the Conservative Party over the years, how does he either fit or not fit in with that profile? Well, I uh, can't really say that he fits in with any of them uh, <laughs> in particular. Uh, certainly none of them have been, you know, uh, ideologues or uh, very far to the right on fiscal issues. And on the Constitution, I think he, he, re he resembles more some provincial politicians. But the fellow who I, who I think he most resembles uh, in terms of uh, style and, uh, and approach and being provocative, although he's the antithesis of him in terms of the philosophy that he adapts, but uh, it's Pierre Trudeau. <laughs> what do you think of that comparison? <laughs> but you know what I like from that? Pierre Trudeau believed in a kind of a socialist country, and he was fighting for what he believed. So I'm fighting for what I believe. What is my goal in, in politics is to convince people and about the, the freedom policies, and I like to do that. So Pierre Elliott Trudeau was the opposite of that, but I think it's a, it's a nice comparison. I don't have any problem with that. And the opposite on, on the intellect, what I believe, but I'm fighting for what I believe, like Trudeau did.
He was a strong federalist, and uh, he, he was fighting for having a charter of rights and the Constitution back. So Pierre Elliott Trudeau is part of uh, Canadian history. Wait till the debate. That's what it all hinges on. Good evening and welcome to the party debate. In the studio tonight, two leaders with different visions for our future. I have a series of questions neither of the candidates has seen. Let's start. First question is for Mr. Rimmer. Mr. Rimmer, do you believe in silicon heaven? Do you believe there's an afterlife for machines? You mean, do I believe there's an actual place where the souls of blenders and photocopiers and even calculators go when they've died? An actual, real, physical place where they're somehow reincarnated and they meet their old owners? Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes. Question two is for Crichton. What single change do you think can improve the life of machines? I met a dispensing machine the other day and I asked him what he did and he said, he was a dispensing machine. And I said, why? And it turned out he didn't know he could be anything else. He'd never had the opportunity to break his programming and become something more. Believe you me, that is going to change. Question for Mr. Rimmer. What's your opinion on deleting documents? Do you believe that's murder, or is a document not yet a fully formed file until it's saved? <laughs> That's a good question, and while I'm thrilled you've asked me, when does a document become a document? Is it when you type the first word, or when you print it out? I personally believe the exact same thing you believe. Oh, that's impressive. Oh, impressive. Oh, yes. I like him. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online, as our PPC candidate profiles continue. I'm with Ivan Pack. He's the PPC candidate for Richmond Centre in British Columbia. And... Ivan, why don't you tell the people of Richmond your story about being an immigrant and coming to Canada and why the PPC would be the party for you. My family uh, moved to Canada 23 years ago. The reason my parents decided to leave their home country at that time was Hong Kong is because they were afraid of the communists of China. And the reason they moved from China to Hong Kong is also because they were afraid of the communists party of China because we don't have the freedom in China to speak against the government and uh, if you do that then you will face a serious consequence for not just losing your job probably you'll end up in jail or even be killed and uh, so and, um, my parents think they want to have a family you know my at, at that time I was young and uh, they they want their kids, you know, to grow up in a in a place, you know, with no fear to speak about any you know, opinions. And uh, so I grew up in a family like um, we always um, look to freedom of speech and uh, to to be a free man. You know what we what we believe, and uh, that's why we moved to Canada eventually. And uh, the reason why I joined PPC is because last year I was running as a school trustee in my you know, city, in a municipal uh, election, and uh, I find out uh, something about political correctness. You know, people are afraid to speak about their mind because you don't want to criticize you know, a certain ideologies and uh, when, uh, if, you, if you, don't, you don't believe in the ideology. Canada is actually heading into a very dangerous place where I experienced myself before when I was back in Hong Kong, China. 
So I don't want uh, Canada to become a country like China without freedom to speak, freedom to assemble, freedom to the, of the press. So that's why I joined PPC. Now, Justin Trudeau has said that of the countries of the world, he most admires communist China. You fled communist China. What would you think when your prime minister of your newfound country says that he loves the communism of communist China because they can get things done, turn things around on a dime? What do you got to say to Justin Trudeau about that? I think it's just ridiculous. As a Canadian, then we have the freedoms to speak about our own mind, and then I, for communists, okay, it's everything is about control by the government. Okay, now I, I told a friend, uh, um, you know, just a few days ago uh, when we were, uh, when we have a conversation about communist government actually assign you a job at that time. Right? You don't need to find a job because they give you a job. Then it's the lifetime job. So you think this is secure? You think this is guarantee your life? It's not. You, they take away your choices. So for, for Justin Trudeau to say something like this, so he is actually imposing this communist ideology here in Canada. He wants to take away freedom of speech. He wants to take away our choice choice to be you know to have your own job to find, you know to have the lifestyle you want or to have the religions you, you believe in everything so that's the reason why I'm fighting against this current government as an immigrant what do you think of Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada's recently released immigration policy I think it's a good policy as an immigrant I want to be fairly treated so when we talk about numbers of immigrations, we should always focus on something like, uh, is this sustainable? You know, are we taking immigrants in to benefit our country? So for me, you know, I have to find my own job here, you know, or I have to start my own business that, you know, when I move here and uh, everything start from nothing, right? And I have to work harder than everybody else in, in order to fit in. So. If we are taking immigrants from other countries who will only rely on our government support, then everybody's paying the price for that. And I don't think that's fair. Well, Ivan, back, thank you very much and wish you best of luck in thank Richmond you. Center. Thank you very much. This is Cody Payant. Uh, he's a People's Party of Canada candidate. What is your riding, Cody? I'm in Carlton Trail, Eagle Creek, out in Saskatchewan. What's the issues for the people out there? So we need to fix equalization. We've been going decades and decades with a flawed equalization system. It's unfair. It's unfair for Quebec and the Maritimes and the recipient provinces, but it's also unfair for Saskatchewan and Alberta and all the provinces. So people are paying out to it, getting nothing in return, and then it's just sticking the recipient provinces into welfare traps that we need to fix. So, What's attracted to you um, to the People's Party of Canada? Well, I've been following Max and Bernier for a while, and then in 2017, when he got upset by Scheer, he started talking about high economics and actually bringing bold conservative tax reform into our country that's sorely needed. So I was right on board right from September onwards and never looked back, I believe, in the platform. It's kind of a paradox. He's a Quebec politician. A lot of people have that animosity towards Quebec out where I'm from in the West, but he's the anti-Renny Levesque, the anti-Pierre Trudeau. He's the anti-establishment like, Laurentian Quebec politician, and it'll be, it'll be great for our province, I think. Yeah. Respecting provincial jurisdiction. Two-thirds of our constitution is provincial jurisdiction, and it gets interfered with over and over and over again by the entrenched Laurentian class in Ottawa. And uh, we need to respect provincial jurisdiction. We have 14 ridings out in Saskatchewan. So if we respect that, we bring in the ta bold tax reform. We reduce the taxes so it gives the provinces more fiscal room to tackle the issues provincially. 
we're uniting Canada. The People's Party of Canada is a uniting Canada. It's a pan-Canadian party. We had the Reform Party back in the 90s, and then we had John Charest out in Quebec. But our party's electable all across Canada. I, I see Sheer now, his centre-left pragmatist party, panders to everyone, panders to the bloc in Quebec who just signed on with a communist candidate and then tries to parrot that he's from Saskatchewan. He's not. And we need to judge politicians on policy. I, I see Andrew Scheer as John Charest, basically. He's the 2000s version of John Charest. And uh, if you were to give an argument for Maxime Bernier being allowed in the debates, what would that be? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. I think uh, when you look at the bloc, for example, <coughs> the bloc is uh, when the two main televised debates, one English, one in French, the bloc is a... They're a federal party, but I see them as the provincial party, just like the Parti Quebecois, so they're uh, included in the debates. Our party's a new party, obviously. This is our first election. So not only do we have broad support, we have multiple electable ridings, I, I, I think, because we have, obviously, in both Max and Bernier's riding, also in Burnaby South, we're around 13%. And one thing's to be said for the polls, how reliable are they? Some of them are leaving the PPC out in some of the rounds of the polling, so how accurate is that? And a lot of true conservatives, true blood conservatives, they don't respond to those polls. They're so disenfranchised with politics. 30% of the people in our country don't even vote. So I think that combined with the fact that we're a new party and the debates and that process of our first election, that will galvanize support. So I don't think we can judge even the criteria on pre-debates to whether or not uh, we have a reasonable chance of fielding multiple seats. That's the last criteria that we apparently haven't met. So. Once the country hears our message, I think that that has to be t taken into consideration that we're the fastest growing party in Canadian history at the federal level. Mm -hmm. And then besides that, it's become a, uh, a partisan tool almost because, as you know, like this year, the criteria for the debates changed. And we were originally, all that was required of the PPC was to field candidates in every riding, 338. And all of a sudden, this new criteria comes in, oh, only 90% is required. But then we have to have a reasonable chance of winning multiple seats after we had already qualified. Now, as you know, the Liberals have less candidates than we do right now. They're at like 200 and something. Most telling, I think, is one requirement that would say that the uh, leader would have had to have been elected under that name. And of course, yeah, that is specifically it is designed to keep Maxine out, undoubtedly. Uh, originally, it was at least one MP under the party banner. And then, like you said, now like, that's part of the changes. Now it's, oh, they had to be elected to that party in 2015. So as you know, he's... Uh, he was elected as a CPC. But that's just it. That's why I think we need to bring in part of uh, the changes so that there's an independent, uh, non-partisan, non-biased body that's establishing the criteria mm. as opposed to the sitting government caucus. And that's what's happened now with Karina Gould was kind of spearheading that for the Liberals. And then obviously the CPC kind of whining and kicking and screaming to get them to change the criteria to make it harder for us just compounded the issue. So, Well, we see if Maxime is allowed on stage, but... Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much for your time and good okay. luck in your campaign. Thank you very much. Now, on the return side of our upcoming bumper, you'll be hearing Maxime Bernier in conversation with Rebel Media broadcaster David Menzies, as heard on May 3rd, both of whom also recently appeared on Just Right. And believe it or not, our next audio bite on this side of the upcoming bumper was originally aired on CBC News way back on November 17th, 2018. Heading into the election season, we asked people what they thought the main issues would be. In the response, we saw there was a lot of political dissatisfaction on social media. In fact, a large number of the comments said that they wouldn't vote for any of the three big political parties. Not the Liberals, not the Conservatives, or the NDP. 
A big conversation online was about Quebec MP Maxime Bernier's newly formed People's Party of Canada, and it was formed only a few weeks ago. And on the other end of the spectrum, the Green Party generated a lot of chatter too. So we wanted to find out why people were saying this. You got me? So we reached out. Hi Richard. Hi Hannah. So you got in contact on Twitter and you were mentioning that you would consider voting for a party other than the three big political parties. Depending upon uh, what he puts out for uh, where his platform is, I will. I would give Maxime Bernier a chance if um, if I thought he had um, the veterans and um, the the economy and interest for sure. One of the things uh, you were mentioning is that you vote depending on how the parties will treat veterans. So is that really what you're looking for in the next election in 2019? When I was a kid, I, I, I we looked up to our veterans and and we took care of them. And it just seems like to these days, um, the government just uh, it, we're more of a hindrance. Uh, yeah, I'll be definitely it'd be one of the hot topics for me during the election. Thanks, Richard. So just how competitive will those two parties be? Well, let's bring in CBC poll analyst Eric Grenier to answer those questions. First off, what about the People's Party? People's Party right now is not doing very well in the polls. They have about 1% support, but we have seen polls that show anywhere from 10 to 15% of Canadians would consider voting for the People's Party. So there is an opportunity there for Maxim Bernier. How about the Greens? The Greens are still polling somewhere around 6-7% nationwide, but it's the impact they've had in some provincial races in New Brunswick and Ontario, and right now they're leading in the polls in Prince Edward Island. So that's where the action really is for the Green Party right now. Very interesting. So we saw a lot of political dissatisfaction with the three big parties. Is that really what's happening out there, or is this really a lot of talk on social media? Well, it's something to keep an eye on because we have seen parties like the People's Alliance in New Brunswick and the Coalition Avenir Québec in Quebec do very well. New parties, Quebec Solidaire as well. So there is an appetite out there for those parties. But you still see the Liberals and the Conservatives leading in the polls, raising a lot of money. A lot of Canadians are still tied to those two options, but we've seen that they're willing to shop around. Eric Grenier, thank you for your insights. Uh, I've never told you this, but you, my friend, are um, the reason for a weekly debate I have at the dinner table with my wife. Here's the problem. I'm a death before dishonor kind of guy when I vote, right? <laughs> I vote by principle. My wife is practical. Mm -hmm. And basically, she is putting her vote with the Conservative Party because she's got her, her rationale is forget you know the flubs, forget some of the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. She's got to go with the party that has the best chance of bringing about regime change from the Trudeau Liberals, who she cannot <coughs> tolerate. I have a differing opinion yeah. to that. So this is a conservative household where there's a clashing of opinions. Yeah. What do you say to those people in those households when it comes to voting with their heart as opposed to maybe voting with their head? Well, I, I, want, I want people to vote for their values, for what vote for what they believe in, uh, uh, vote for something stop voting against something. So mm. about splitting the vote. Uh, the Conservatives are saying that Bernier is splitting the vote and if you vote for Bernier, Trudeau will win. If you look at our supporters and our membership, only 20% of our supporters are former Conservatives. 
40% of them are people who didn't vote at the last election and didn't, be they didn't believe in politicians anymore. Mm -hmm. They like what we are saying because we're speaking the truth and without any compromise. And remember, 30% of the population didn't vote at the last election. The participation rate was only 70%. So we have a lot of these people are coming. We have also former liberals that are coming with us. Interesting. Pe people who wanted to have a balanced budget and uh, lower taxes and voted for Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin, and now they don't recognize themselves in the Socialist Liberal Party. And I'll give you mean the budget didn't balance yeah, itself? Yes, yeah, so they're coming <laughs> what with What does that mean, yeah, by the way? Yeah, my God, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we have also some NDP. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you an anecdote. Our writing association in Newfoundland, we had to manage a little crisis over there because our supporters, they were calling us saying, you know, the people in charge of your writing association, it's all NDP. And so you must do something. So I called the writing association. I had a, a conference call with them. I said, you know, people are telling me that you voted NDP and you worked for the NDP at the last election. Is it true? They said, yes, it's true. I said, okay, what are you doing with my party? Did you read my platform? They said, yes, we, we read your platform. And how come you are with us right now? They said, Mr. Bernie, for two policies that are very important for us, ending corporate welfare, you will save $5 billion, and ending the cartel in dairy, poultry, and eggs, and the supply management cartel. So because of these two policies, okay. they, they are coming with us. What I'm saying, we can attract a lot of people that are not necessarily former conservative. And I will finish with that. The best example, the best score that we had at the by-election, it was in the Burnaby South, mm -hmm. an NDP riding, Loraline, our candidate, yeah. she had 10.6% of the vote. And a real conservative riding near Toronto, Toronto Simcoe or Simcoe York, we had only 2% of the vote. Mm -hmm. So who are our voters? We don't do any polling. I don't know that in details. But that's people who are fed up with politicians, are coming with us, people who voted for other parties. So what I'm telling you, we are not having all the conservatives that are coming with us in our party, and, and we are growing, so we cannot split the vote. I'm with Dan Burr, he's the PPC candidate for Windsor-Tecumseh, and Dan, what brought you into the People's Party of Canada, and where did you come from politically? Growing up, I was NDP all the way, my dad was the mayor, my grandfather was an MPP for the NDP, but as I got older, I was more with the Conservatives, and then when Max ran for the leadership, I really liked his platform, um, his supply management positions, corporate welfare positions, I really liked. And um, when he left the party, I followed him because I felt the Conservatives were really much different than the Liberals at the time, and as the year has gone by, it's more and more that they're very similar on their policy positions on many Well, things. Maxime is calling them the Libcons yes. because they're basically two sides of the same coin, which is Laurentian elite. If that's the term he uses as Laurentian elite. I hadn't heard that one yet. That's, that's a term Salim has been using. Is, I don't know he? if Max has used it or not. Uh, okay. Uh, but on many issues on supply management, on uh, balancing the budget within a reasonable time frame, on many issues, they are the same. There's not much to choose between them. Yeah. Now, people have said that voting PPC is splitting the, the vote, up for, uh, taking it away from the Conservatives. You did support the Conservatives, but it's interesting to see that you also came from the New Democratic Party. Was it primarily because of the uh, anti-crony uh, sentiment that people have out there about corporate welfare that would attract you to PPC? I think we can attract people that are, if you want to call it old school NDP, that didn't like 
the crony capitalism type stuff. I see them having a spot in the People's Party. The NDP has moved a long ways from where they were 30, 40 years ago, I feel. And so I think there's a spot in the People's Party for people who don't want corporate welfare. So uh, I think there's a, a spot for uh, the NDP people that are disillusioned with where they've gone in the last decade or so. Well, Dan, thanks very much, and uh, good luck in the election. Okay, thank you very much. I'm with Bria Atkins, who's the People's Party candidate for my own writing. Yes. Lambton, Kent, Middlesex. But I'm glad to be able to put an X next to Bria's name. Can you tell us, Bria, what political party did you come from before, and why would you join the People's Party of Canada? Well, I've been a conservative voter, and I followed the leadership race between Sheer and Maxime and I had a few questions about how Maxime ended up losing that race because he won several rounds of voting and, and so that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. You know, little red flag there. So I spent a long time waiting for Mr. Sheer to kind of give me something that I could you know, get behind. I wasn't really happy that one of his first things that he did was whip the caucus into voting with the Paris Accord into uh, following that. Afterwards, I just continued waiting and waiting and waiting for him to just say something. And I found that he was doing too much pandering for my taste. I don't agree with pandering at all. I think the groups that are being pandered to are actually being harmed. They're being used. And I don't think it's having the effect that maybe they think it might. What has been your reaction um, on the hustings? Positive. And also with uh, the fiasco with the debates happening right now, I think that the outcome is actually more favorable for us because what I'm seeing, especially with the people I'm talking to, is that they're wondering why Max is being denied into the debates. And so that, in turn, is having them take a look and what they end up finding is a lot of common sense and policies and platforms that sound pretty reasonable. And so I really think that that's actually turning the tide a little bit. And I have a lot of people telling me that uh, it seems to be the only party that with any common sense. The media are trying to paint Maxime as a party of one. <laughs> the feeling tonight and the energy and the optimism, it's reminding me a lot of Mississauga. When we went to the rally in Mississauga, we had over a thousand people in that room. And Again, it was Canadians from every background, ethnically, religiously, geographically, Canadians from every corner of the world coming together and sharing a love for Canadian Western civilization values. And tonight, it's yet again the same thing. You look around the room and it's, you know, 1% of the vote. It's it's really hard to accept that when you have rooms with thousands of people cheering and um, and again with the candidate count across the country it goes without saying we are ready for the election Canadians are stepping up across the country well I thank you for your time and wish you the best of luck thank you very much thank you well that's it for this round today so be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction and until then be right stay right do right act right think right and be right back here we'll see you then Color into black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright This information 
comes to you on behalf of the Independent Future Party. Arnold Rimmer, a man who wiped out the crew of Red Dwarf and killed himself twice. <laughs> Are you really going to put your life in this maniac's hands? Arnold Rimmer, not fit, not trusted, a no-good, double-dealing, cheating, slimy little smegger. That's enough, sir. I've got more. Right. I'm Crichton 2X4B, and I approve this message. I've got more! <laughs> They're using a smear campaign against us in retaliation to our smear campaign against them. That disgusts me. <laughs>